0: In South Valley. It's an opportunity to come before our Lord and give Him praise. to come to your feet, put your hands together, and let's praise our Heavenly Father, lifting our voices up. Come on.
1: Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise. i
0: Come on, you can make some noise from home. this morning I want you to come in the presence of the Lord and just take whatever you're holding on to and call upon the precious wonderful powerful name of Jesus and lay it down before him say God I let go of this and I worship you because you're a God that can work through all things you are a God who's all-powerful you're a God who can deliver through any circumstance and say these words I claim this in the name of the precious name of Jesus Christ and lay it down.
2: Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. you Silence the bar. Nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can
1: compare.
2: You're our living home. Your presence, Lord, I've tasted and seen. Of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your prayer. presence let us experience the glory of
0: Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would dwell among us this morning. Wherever we are, we would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling among us, speaking to our hearts, Lord. We pray that you would calm our spirits, that you would take out distractions. And allow us to hear your voice, Lord. Let this be your time. Let it be honoring to you, Lord. As we look into your word, let us receive your word, speak powerfully through your word. And again, align our wills with the will you have for our lives, Lord. Let us be reminded of the precious gift of your son, the sacrifice you made for each and every one of us to be able to have relationship with you, Lord. And I pray for every heart that's hearing this service, that you would draw them to you, hearts that are broken, hearts that are praising with joy, hearts that may not know you, Lord, every heart. Let it be drawn to you and let us have lives changed today proclaiming that I want to know the love of your son Jesus Christ. Allow someone to step out in faith and go, I want to know that and seek the answer to how to do that, Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to lift our voices to you, to praise your name and pray that as We listen to your word be delivered. We'd be attentive and continue to worship you with our hearts. In your name we pray these things.
3: Amen. South Valley, what's going on, you guys? Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We're glad that you're here. Hey, if you're new, you've never been with us before, we want to especially say what's up to y'all. Thank you for coming. Please visit us online, svcclamoore.org/slash connect and we would love to be able to do just that connect with you please fill that little survey out and we just will be a resource to you we would love to to reach out to you and be a resource in any way that we can in terms of you growing in a relationship with Jesus and getting to know what South Valley is all about so we would love to get to connect with you we have a whole bunch of new updates for you we want to make sure that you guys are all aware as far as what's happening at SBCC. So let's get it started, y'all. We were telling you guys that CR was in its planning stages. Well, it has already begun. Friday nights at 7 p.m. Available at South Valley Community Church. We are having CR, Celebrate Recovery, for about an hour. It's 7 p.m. The men will be in the chapel. The ladies will be in the worship center. And it's just going to be share groups time, social distancing, masks, etc., just for safety. But this is just a great opportunity for anyone who's wanting to grow out of their hurts, their habits, their hangups, and to seek Christ in the midst of all of that and allow for him to to draw you from that setback. And so that's open to anyone. If you're interested in knowing more about it, please email Robert, who is overseeing Celebrate Recovery at the church. You can email us at cr-lamore at sbcclamore.org. So if you're interested in that, come check it out, y'all. Friday nights, 7 p.m. It's about an hour long. Also, Sunday, October the 4th, we are having baptisms at our outdoor worship service, you guys. It's so exciting that we're finally being able to take that that plunge, quite literally, get our holy dip on in the service. So we would love to be able to have anyone who's interested in getting baptized to please register. If you have questions, you're going to want to register first so that we can have a pastor reach out to you, answer your questions, and help you through that process. So October 4th, during the 9 a.m. service outdoor, we will be having baptisms. You can sign up by the church center app if you go to next steps on that you can sign up there select baptisms as you do and then also you can go online sbcclamour.org and click on next steps and that'll help you again just select baptisms and you can sign up and a pastor will reach out to you we would love to be able to celebrate with you and speaking of celebrate our youth have been celebrating they had a movie night a couple of sundays ago but now they're going to be meeting weekly on sunday nights. so if you have a sixth grader through 8th grader, you want them to come to Foundations Youth. Same thing with ninth grades to 12th grades. Both sets of age groups are on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock for the 6th through 8th graders and then at 7.30 p.m. for the 9th through 12th graders. Both in the evening, the doors will be open 30 minutes before the event starts uh, it's going to be awesome. It'll be outdoor. Again, distancing, masks, the whole shebang bang so that we can make sure that we are being safe, my friends. That's what's going down. So if you have questions about Foundation's Youth Ministry, please reach out to Allison at svcclamore.org and she would be happy to answer any questions that you might have. And then lastly, we have... We're just going down all the ministries, you guys. Children's ministry who's been on and popping since we returned to outdoor services. We are having a next step baptism class for kids on Sunday, October the 18th, and that's going to be taking place right after our outdoor worship service that morning. It'll be about 1015 to about 1145 in the morning. If your child has questions about baptism, if they've been bringing those faith questions that are, you know, kind of in the realm of like interest and wanting to take that step we would love to be able to have them at this class this class is available for kids and a parent or guardian must be present with the child to attend this class it's an opportunity for you to sit down with the leader and the children's ministry team will give a presentation to talk about baptism what that means what a relationship with god looks like the steps necessary for that so please sign up you can register on the church center app as well just click on the events tab that's at the bottom of the app when you open it up and you can also sign online as well uh sbcclemore.org that information is available as well with the events that we have going on well guys thank you so much for hanging out if you are church family and uh, as we get ready to pray uh, for this offering, we pray that uh, you would capitalize on the opportunity to give. If you're not of SVCC family, you're here visiting us for, you know, the first or second time, please don't feel compelled to give. This is truly just a discipline that we as a church family have. It's uh, an exercise of obedience that we have. And so we don't truly, we truly don't want anything from you. We want something for you. And so those of you who are giving, uh, we just encourage you. You can do it through through the app or you can go to svcclemore.org and click donate. the top so i'm gonna go ahead and pray and then we're gonna head into the service lord god in heaven thank you so much just for this day this opportunity that we have to serve you and honor you and to grow in our relationship with you and as we give lord of our resources may we recognize that they are of you uh, and that we are just stewards of those gifts and that we are meant to to offer them as a way to edify your kingdom and to recognize that we have this wonderful and amazing trust in you god And so we pray that you would take our offering today and that it would be blessed and that you would multiply it by your hand. And God, would we also offer our time and our gifts, Father, to be a a blessing to you and to serve our community at large, Lord. So thank you for meeting us today. And we pray that as we grow in your word, that we would grow in our love for you. It's in your name we pray, amen. All right, guys, thanks so much. Y'all take care and we'll see you later. Bye now.
4: So thanks, John and the worship team and Marcus. Uh, Fall has started. Uh, it's October next week, and if you are watching or listening from anywhere but the Central Valley of California, I hope you're enjoying fall weather. Pull out the sweaters and the hoodies. Here, <laughs> we have not one, not two, not three, but four days uh, forecast to be 100 degrees next week. Ah, yup. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from Lamar. It's called Bakersfield, Okay. But uh, last week, we celebrated communion together, and next Sunday, we have baptisms, so remember to use the church app. Just click on the next steps and hit baptism, and I'm excited to see what will happen next Sunday out on the front of the church uh, as uh, they celebrate baptisms together. But come back to preach number four on what's so amazing about grace and as we unpack something that this world does not trade in, grace. And with so much anger in society, so much unforgiving judging happening, so much polarization, the message of grace, the message of Christ is vital today. Uh, there are some things, by way of starting, that are difficult to understand. Like, why did people's inst- or survival instincts tell them to grab toilet paper? Uh, there's other things like, you know, like, why did I grab toilet paper? You know, uh, but uh, my sport is football, real football, folks. Okay, but why do we pay people who throw a football? more than nurses who work to save lives. Why do you even call it football, okay? It should be called throwball, okay? And as a Scottish guy, you know, we invented the game of golf, and so last Sunday, I went home and I watched the last round of the U.S. Open. Why does a golfer earn 2.25 million dollars for hitting a wee white ball a mere 274 times over four days. That's like $8,000 every time he hits the ball. Like, if I got $8,000 for every time I hit a ball when I played golf, (laughs) I'd own Lamore and Hanford, you know? Sports and money seem to have gone crazy. Sports stars seem to have gone crazy. But I want to start by visiting a different kind of sports star. Yeah, there's a purpose to where I was going, okay? Hang in there. He gave probably the single most famous speech in the history of baseball. And he didn't do speeches well, he was quiet, maybe a silent Yankee first baseman. But on the 4th of July, 1939, on a day honoring his fabulous career, Lou Gehrig, suffering from a horrible disease that would take his life in a matter of months, stepped to the microphone. And listen to the words that he used to start his speech. For the past two weeks, you have been reading about my bad break, yet today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth." And if you want to Google and hear the whole speech, he lists his fellow players and his gratefulness in knowing them and in standing next to them. He's grateful for knowing the best coach in the world. He's grateful for the groundskeepers and the fans. He's grateful for having a wonderful mother-in-law who took his sides in squabbles with her own daughter. He was grateful for a mother and a father, and he was grateful for a wife who was a tower of strength. I have a disease that will take my life, and yet I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Lou Gehrig's speech goes down in history as one of the greatest speeches ever, not because of its eloquence or its rhetoric, but because it reaches deep inside each of us. Here's a man who would have every reason to be bitter, see himself as the unluckiest man rather than the luckiest. But it moves us because we hear from Him gratitude. That speech moves us, and it's how we hope one day we could be. There is something within each of us that at our core we want to be grateful. And I want to look at this further this morning. Gratitude is the ability to experience life as a gift. It liberates us from the prison of self-occupation. So, let's read about something that happened one day to Jesus. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, and I'm going to read verses 11 to 19. Follow along with me. Now, on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as He was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met Him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When He saw them, He said, Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So, let's picture the scene. Ten lepers are crying out to Jesus for help. They're they're sitting on a dusty, hot country road outside the city. The law did not allow them to enter. They were unclean. And as they walked, wherever they walked, they had to shout out these deeply insulting words, unclean, unclean. And in a society that majored on laws of cleanliness and purity, to have to take those words on your lips made you lower than the lowest. It was like, walking around as the living dead. In fact, the rabbis classed being healed of leprosy as difficult as being raised from the dead. Hmm. Sadly, for years, AIDS, HIV victims, were classed the same way, and you know that I spent a lot of time in Africa, and this is why when we visit our friends in Faraha Slum in Kenya, we hug them, and we laugh, and we play with them. 40% are, 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 40% are orphaned, but also maybe as many as a quarter, 25%, maybe even a third of the children are HIV positive, and so it's important to hug them and high-five them, I mean, you'll likely leave with a sore belly and some diarrhea. You know, I always come home slightly sick, but not because of AIDS, you know. Being untouchable is to be dehumanized. That's why leprosy was so feared. It it makes you no longer human. Even with COVID, we miss the, the touch, the hug. Well, well, not everybody. Like, I'm British. I don't really want to do the hugging. <laughs> so, I'm quite happy, okay? But you know what I mean. So, so, these lepers are standing at a distance, and they're yelling, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. It's the traditional cry of the beggar. And Jesus is moved. Now, there's a preach we could do on that, but let's carry on. Jesus responds, and He does this healing In a different way than other times. So, earlier, if you were to go back to like Luke's Gospel, chapter five, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched a leper, and the leper was immediately made well. And then Jesus told him to go and show himself to the priest. But this time, Jesus just says to them, Go, show yourself to the priests. It's really interesting. He doesn't say, You're healed. He just sends them to go and show themselves to the priests. Now, for years, these lepers had wanted to go to the priests, but they couldn't. The law, the Israelite law, forbade them from entering the temple or from coming anywhere near a holy man. Their religion had not only cut them off from other people but it even cut them off from God. Now, Jesus is saying, go, go, show yourselves to the priest. Now, this is really interesting. The law, Leviticus chapter 14, says that if you are healed of a skin disease, you were to go to the priest and offer the relevant sacrifice. The only way person with leprosy could go to a priest was as if they had been healed of their leprosy. So, Jesus is telling them, go show yourselves to the priest. In other words, Jesus was sending them on their way, knowing that by the time they got there, they would have been healed. And look at verse 14, and as they went, they were healed. Skin that had been rubbed raw was restored hands feet limbs that had been deformed were straightened and working sores that covered their bones and bodies that had sores that had covered their bones or, or their bodies and and even bones that had been broken were fixed and you know you can imagine them exchanging high fives and realizing that they actually had fives to exchange and they leaped in the air and they landed on artful Feet and they laughed, and instead of their throaty rasp, it came out like sweet music. And as they watched before their very eyes the healing work of Jesus, they ran for home, yelling, Not now unclean, unclean, but yelling, Clean, clean, and the names of their families to show them the miracle. Except one. One man turned and he ran back the way he had just come. Grace always makes you return to Jesus. He ran until he saw again that Jesus guy, and he fell to the ground in gratitude. Grace always makes you return to Jesus. And you know the question that Jesus is having rise to the surface as we read this story and as people have read it down through the centuries. Why did only one come back? Ten men were cleansed. Ten men were given their life back, but only one turned around. Nine kept running the wrong way. Was it because He was humble? Because gratitude is always an act of humility. You don't receive grace and become proud. Was it because He was a Samaritan, and Jews historically didn't like Samaritans, yet here is Jesus, a Jew, Making him well? Was he more aware of what a gracious gift this was? Something triggered in him that didn't trigger in the other nine. Some people suggest having too much can make a person ungrateful. And you see that with children like too many candies, too many treats, and they're no longer treats they are what we deserve, our entitlement. You know, the surest way to dull a child's sense of gratitude is to give them everything they want. Be careful, grandparents, that you're giving them everything doesn't ruin them. Be careful. It's amazing, I know for my two boys, it's amazing how soon weekly allowances becomes, hey, Dad, Mom owes me 20 bucks. Do you have it? owes you, son. This was your allowance, an allowance of kindness and grace, not something we owe anyone. And you see, there are two ways to live life, the way that experiences life as a gift of grace, and the way that thinks everything is ours. One holds life gratefully. One holds life demandingly. One holds life with hands open, and the other holds life with hands closed. Which one are you? St. Augustine, great church father, once said, God gives where he finds empty hands. Carol Menninger, famous psychiatrist, was once asked what he would advise a person who felt a nervous breakdown coming on. And here's what he said Lock up your house, go across the railway tracks, and find someone in need and do something to help that person. Psychological health can be found in the act of giving. Of course, of course, because the DNA of your soul reflects the DNA of the maker of our souls, and the maker of your soul is a giver. He's the forgiving father of the prodigal son. He never quits giving. People who know grace live life with their hands open to give. But let's return to our lepers. Where are the other nine? How close in how I'm living and in how you're living are we more like the nine Than the one. How close are we living with an incomplete faith? Because see what Jesus says to the one who came back and showed gratitude. He says to him, Get up and go, your faith has saved you. In fact, the word for get up is a word that the early Christians would have recognized as having to do with the resurrection. Maybe your Bible says, rise and go. New life has visited this village. It's like you have been raised from the dead, but only the one who came back got it. You see, when Jesus shows up, He offers more than you imagine. The other nine, oh, they got healing, but they missed the eternal life. They missed the forgiveness of sins. They missed the new life. But God can't give all He wants to give for people who live with hands closed. Some people turn to God for peace in a chaotic time. Some people turn to God for help in a crisis. Some people turn to God for a healing when they're not feeling very well. Some people seek God for guidance when they're at a crossroad, and God answers their prayers, and God intervenes, and they find the peace or the help or His His healing or His guidance, but then they close their hands, and they don't return to Jesus, and they miss the more that God wants to give them, including salvation, a new life, and, and a life with purpose and the adventure of faith. They believe in God, but somehow they've got themselves so preoccupied with their life that they've got to the point where they only see it as their life, and they forget it was God's life. And if they held it that way, they'd see that God is offering more life, abundant life, new life, but only if you have open hands and return to Jesus. Open hands are offering hands. Opening hands are worshiping hands. Open hands are grateful hands. Open hands are surrendering hands. Open hands are giving hands. You have two of them. One is a hand of faith, reaching out and trusting in God's grace. The other is the hand of gratitude. Offering praise, giving worship, surrendering everything you have to Him because of all He's given you through His grace. Both are generous hands. One is generous in its faith, trusting in a big God with big plans and big forgiveness. The other is generous in giving, giving of my time, giving of my talents, giving of my tithes. Are your hands open? Are they receiving and are they giving? This is the rhythm of the Christian life. Always was, always is. Only one came back. Nine lived lives with closed hands. One lived knowing there was more because he received it, because he returned. Jesus. Which one are you? Let's pray. And the invitation as we pray is to open our hands. And in opening our hands, we turn to a God who's a giving God and ask for Him to bestow upon us fresh grace and mercy, forgiveness and salvation. We open our hands not to be greedy, but because we know looking into our hearts something needs to change. There's selfishness, there's pride, there's greed, there's regret. And we open our hands to say, God, show us mercy. Grant us Your grace, again afresh to live, And then with those open hands, help us, Father, live lives of gratitude. Lives that are centered in returning to Jesus. In living every minute of every day trusting Him, representing Him, glorifying Him. And may people see in us the amazingness of Your grace and of Your mercy. Come. And in a society today that is so angry, so hostile, so divided, may people around us see in us the beauty of Christ and His amazing grace. Come and do that miracle work, and we return to you, the source of all. In Christ's name, amen. Live this week, guys, with hands that are open, filled with gratitude. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. God bless.